Wednesday, Unwoke Nation, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 10 of The Unwoke Show, where free speech is welcome, all subjects are on the table, and your boys bring your topics raw and uncut every single Sunday, baby. I'm your co-host, Rich, along with my brother from another mother, Big Tim. How you doing, Tim? Good, and you rich, man. Doing great, man. Doing great. Hey, first off, guys, we actually want to give a great shout-out, a good docker shame to Deutschland. Yes, that's right, people. We are actually international now. Yeah, man, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is that is awesome. Uh, I mean, we've wanted to take the show everywhere possible, and we actually found out we've gone international. And also, me and Tim, we are so excited. We're very thankful for each and every one of you guys, and uh, no matter where you are in the world. But we definitely want to give a, a good shout-out to those people in Germany for being a part of Unwoke Nation. Definitely, if you like what we're talking about, make sure, you know, just to like and subscribe. Check us out on all of our social medias, on Twitter, on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Get the word out there, guys. You know, so we are loving every single Wednesday. Absolutely, man. And give us, we want that feedback from you guys. You know, we keep che- uh, keep checking the uh, feedback inbox. Haven't gotten anything yet. Uh, you know, like uh, my buddy Rich said, you know, like, subscribe. Um, you know, we want to hear from you guys. Again, uh, feedback is at feedback at unwokestheshow.com. You know, again, it's feedback at unwokestheshow.com. We want to hear from you guys. And we just, Looking forward to continuing uh, the su- the success that we've had so far. Um, super excited about where we're going, and absolutely as we continue to uh, broaden out and um, you know entertain more listeners and gain new listeners, you know all the time. So again, guys, uh, we want to hear from you. Any and all feedback, it doesn't matter what it is. Yep, like us, not. Yeah, want to hear from you. If you hate us, send us feedback. If you like us, send us feedback. It doesn't matter. We want to hear from you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. So once again, guys, thank you so much. Where anywhere where you are in the world, we definitely hope to you know get to the point where we are in many many different countries. Hopefully by the end of the year, and also, uh, but yeah, definitely help us out, guys. Where you love the show, we'd love to hear from you and uh, be able just to pass on the word about the unwoke show. Fantastic. All right, Rich, uh, send us off tonight. Uh, for those of Unwoke Nation, we are going to talk about something that has been looming in the news. I believe, Rich, you wanted to cover uh, all the shenanigans that is tied around Title 42. Yeah, so, you know, as for those of you guys who are here in America, obviously you would know that last week, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, um, the, the bill that was put together by the previous administration, by the Trump administration, uh, was was helped to basically protect to make sure that we were able to have a proper law process where people who are um, who might be immigrants who are coming through Mexico and Central and, and guys you know out there it is it's phenomenal. I mean some of the stories that I've been hearing about the, the miles and miles that people are traveling to get up there. But despite that, you know there's a situation where uh, we're dealing with a, a lot of situations with illegal immigration that's going on and that process of being Title 42 was basically to make sure that we were doing things correctly by the rule of law and also, but unfortunately due to um, the bill that they came up and also we were dealing with a, a huge uproar that was all across the news and across, you know, Americans all over here were talking about where now there's more people uh, rushing. In fact, where I think El Paso where was really a password and I'm sorry, El Paso and I think it's called Brownsville, Texas. Brownsville, Texas. Yeah, okay. Brownsville, Texas was dealing uh, with an influx of people who are doing illegal immigrants and, and it's like, you know, it's just been such a talk and everything. And I know, Tim, if you got some uh, some information on so, that and also... Yeah, so uh, for the Reader's Digest on Title 42 uh, essentially was a 
uh, it was a um, bill that was passed, uh, a COVID era bill that was passed to um, restrict uh, immigration into our country based on uh, health reasons. It, you know, the potential for health risks that could impact this country. And so that's really uh, what Title 42 substantially was supposed to be about. Um, it has caught a lot of um, discussion uh, you know, within the news media and news outlets because it was also being used as a form of uh, immigration denial uh, and those you know, seeking asylum in this country, it was being used as a way of denying those people uh, aside from seeking asylum in our country. And now that that bill or that resolution um, has since expired, there has been this mass fear or not this mass fear. There's been this fear that we're just going to see a uh, mass infusion of uh, immigrants, illegal immigrants and those seeking uh, asylum in our country since, uh, you know, that expiration has taken place. Mm. And I know they were saying a lot, I mean, just even in general before this bill was put together and stuff, so we, you know, according to um, statistics, they were saying that probably about, uh, by about 2050, where so we'll probably have a majority actually Hispanic uh, population here, which is all great, and also that's all fine, but I think the, the people who have the questions were, so I think it's, it's two situations of, one, making sure that we're able to have people come here through the legal process and also and that's the thing about it so i think a lot of the people who are against you know with title 42 going away i don't think it's like so much saying like okay we don't want anybody coming in our country i don't think that's the case i think it's a situation of that there is a legal process and we want to make sure that we're able to to do this where you're vetting people and stuff so and then the other part of it that has been a big concern uh, just in what the the illegal immigration situation going on over the course of the last few years that, you know, we're dealing with a lot of things such as like the sex trafficking and also dealing with uh, with the drugs and all. A lot of the I know a lot of the big things been going on is about fentanyl and how much are the drug cartels actually, you know, bringing those uh, things in. And, and and it's a major, major problem, I mean, as I understand. Or so I think. um uh, I think the director of the, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, was asked by the uh, the Congressional Committee about, you know, in regards to these uh, uh, these wristbands. And he was asked directly as they were showing a picture of all these different colored wristbands. And when uh, Secretary Mayorkas was at was asked the question, uh, do you know what these wristbands mean? And he had no clue. And for those of you guys who don't know, especially being outside or maybe you haven't paid a story, you live out. So apparently those ways going is that the drug cartels who are actually trying to help um, some of the people getting across the border, I guess they're old money. And I guess what happens is that each one of the wristbands based on its color tells people exactly how much money that they owe. Um, once they get on the other side of the border, I don't know how that all works or anything like that or so. But unfortunately, which is actually surprising, where so the the director or the secretary of homeland security had absolutely no clue what those were. 
So these multicolored wristbands, yes. you owe the cartels this yeah. amount of money. Because I had heard in the news, um, you know, there was a single father, or there, not a single, there was a father from Honduras who was mm-hmm. coming, who had made the trek all the way up here because he was wanting to earn money and send, uh, to send back uh, to his family in Honduras. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are essentially asylum towns, if you will, that yes. had uh, been established at the border um, theft, rape. Um, you definitely had the cartels trying to monetize um, every way possible. Um, even coming in by rail car and stuff. Wow. And, um, you know, all these immigrants wanting to come and seek asylum you know, in our country. Um, you know, some view Title 42 as a anti-immigration uh, ploy by former uh President Donald Trump, uh, you know, he was very anti-immigrant and trying to keep people, you know, out of the country. Um, you know, since then, uh, you know, there have been uh, commercials on television where President Biden has said that, you know, now we have an app where asylum seekers can go and request an appointment and go through the long uh, process of uh, seeking asylum. I know other countries such as Mexico and stuff are handling asylum seekers uh, differently. Some of them, I mean, I think, I don't know if it's the current president, but I think the previous president, when all this was going on, where he have, he actually said, too, it was like, hey, if you guys want to stay in Mexico, you can. And I guess a lot of people wanted to be able to come to the United States. And I get it. It's like, I mean, it's it truly is the land of opportunity. I understand why people want to come here. And so, I mean, it's uh, for those that don't understand, you know, asylum, they're say they're essentially coming f- from their home country um, and seeking asylum in the U.S. because of fear of uh, persecution in their own country. Right. You know, whatever you see in the news about Venezuela and several other South American countries and the amount of turmoil and stuff that is taking place in those uh, countries. Um so, I mean, it's, I, I'm not surprised, um, you know, by, I don't know if it's a misfounded fear of we're just, the United States is all of a sudden just going to get inundated with, you know, brand new immigrants and this, you know, the, the fear of some who have this thought of uh, replacement theory. You know, yes. Rich, you had mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, what is it by 2015 uh, uh, or 2050, 2050 excuse yes. me, that you said what? Um, so the they're claiming or that based on by 2050, they feel that the Hispanic community here in the United States will actually be a majority. That's what they're saying. And okay. also, I don't want to. Uh, make people think or that you know i think that's bad or i mean that's that's not what we're trying to say here we're just kind of going based on the statistics and then, like i said this has been going on way before the current situations and the last two presidents were so this has been a statistic that's been out there for a while and also probably dating back to probably like the 2010s if not the 2000s okay and well i mean that's uh, so you see where this like i said i mentioned replacement theory and you know white america like you know we'll just put it out there feeling that, you know, they could eventually be replaced by um, another uh, group. 
So, I mean, it's, there's some of that. Um, uh, again, there's this fear with the cartels that you had mentioned mm-hmm. and the wristbands and Owen money. Um, you know, it, cartels are definitely, you know, have their hand in this whole uh, asylum process. You know, the extortion, they're targeting girls, targeting women. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that this is actually happening, but I think there's, you know, uh, uh, probably been a healthy fear in our own country about, you know, the flood of immigrants now that Title Forty Two has uh, expired. Yes, that um, we will eventually we being um, you know our traditional you know white Americans or Americans in general are going to be. Uh, as you said, replaced. Well, I guess part of the question, too, is, you know, when we deal about the process uh, that I've always had a concern of beforehand is the situation of when we have people coming over. Again, no one, at least I believe, that if they're trying, if there are people who are trying to seek asylum, that's not an issue. But the question is, is that I think it is important for any for anyone to actually know who's in the country. So the process that's, that's part of been going on that people have, that have some people against this is that when people are coming across the border, they're given paperwork that states that they have to come back once on this side of the border, that they have to, you have to show up for a court date. Now, the problem they're saying that they're having is that people are being given these court papers to show up at a particular date, say, 60 days later or something like that, but they're not showing up. So common sense makes you wonder if you've traveled 2,000, 3,000 miles, whatever have you by train, plane or automobile, whatever it might be. And you traveled all this way and then you finally get across the border and they sit there and they say, Hey, you know, welcome to America. By the way, here's your, your, uh, your paperwork and all you have to show up at this particular day to where it's on here. The question you ask yourself is, if I'm already here, what do I need to show up for a court date for? I got what I wanted. Does that make sense? So what you're basically is, I'm in, I'm running, I'm out of here. See you. Type Hasta of thing. bye-bye. Yeah, you know? You're, you're out of here. Yep. Okay. I, it's yeah, it, it's totally possible. I, I, I don't, I see that argument. You would like to think that they actually show back up for their uh, court date, uh, um, but that's the thing, Tim. It's like, you know, a good portion based on reports where, and this is whether it's CBS or it doesn't matter. It's like wherever you like, they're all it's like, it's they're they're not showing up. So, and then we're also dealing with a few situations. And also like, uh, let's talk about the situation that happened was that a week ago about the guy who's been over here five times and ended up murdering. Oh yeah. The, in Texas. Yeah. Down in Texas. It was and identified stuff like as that. a white supremacist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, and, you know, he ends up murdering. It's like that. He's been over the border, what, four or five times or something like that? He's been sent back. Yeah, he's been sent back four or five times. And it's like, so the question is that, you know, we're not something trying to vilify people who are coming over and saying about his criminals. But I think it's important that we make sure that we are vetting each and every person that comes across that border to make sure that there's not an issue with them. Are they a child molester? All these, these other different things. Or... Are they a person just like this guy you said is from Honduras? You know what? 
I have a family, I have a wife, three kids, and like that. I'm not really getting any jobs so like that. I'm coming to America because I want something better for my family. I would think that people have no problems with that type of individual, but I do think it's important that we take the time to vet the people who are coming into America. Every president, when he is giving the oath, where he's asked about, he's asked to give the oath about protecting the sovereignty of the United States of America. That's his job. And so when that seems like it's not being done, I think that's when people get a little concerned. So I don't think it's asking very much for people to say like, hey, people want to come to America? That's great. But can't we make sure whether we know we have people coming in or there's no criminal background or anything like that? I mean, would you, would you, Tim, feel that that'd be a fair way to look at it or? And like, so what's the context around? Background you- checks. <sighs> If a person, if we need a background check for, for getting a job, for getting a gun, for several other things where that I probably can't think of right now, how is it unreasonable to do a background check on someone who's trying to come across the border and making sure where, so that they will be a law abiding citizen of this new country? So the difficulty in that is if they're not already in our system. Yes. Right. Exactly. That's exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to background check somebody, A, that's not already in our system, um, and B, you know, I don't know what kind of access we have to other nations' uh, systems. This is for the U.S. government. Well, I understand it's the U.S. government, but are you saying we've got access to everybody else's database of – I guess that's that's a question neither one of us can answer, but right. I guess we're just I, going off of what we what people basically say. You know, the power of most, you know, uh, first world countries who are are able to do that. Where so if we think a couple of years ago, uh, do you remember when? Uh, kind of somewhat off subject, but do you remember when uh, they were talking about a lot of people trying to use uh, certain uh, what would you say uh, tax havens? Right. You know, so a lot tax of people, were, yeah, 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 tax shelters and all the other stuff. And they ended up calling Switzerland and they were saying, or I think it was during the Obama administration. And also what, like I said, president doesn't matter. And also, but it was just that they were looking into like, hey, you know what? We have a certain amount of people who are wealthy here and they're basically using your banks in Zurich as a tax haven to not pay taxes here. And they were willing to figure out how to be able to do it now. Switzerland, for if from what I understand, Switzerland basically had a policy that, you know, look, we don't deal with situations like that. People put money into our banks or so we're not going to tell you who they are or something like that. I think from the last time I checked, they might have changed that. But my point of bringing that bring that uh, to the show is that if a government like uh, a G8 government like the United States of America can do something as simple as figure out where people are hiding money, whether it's Switzerland, the Isle of Man, Cyprus, whatever the case may be. Sure. Wouldn't they be able to say, hey, we have we have Mr. Robinson, who's from Ecuador. We should be able to call down to find out what his information is, what is back or is there any problems with the police and and be able to check that through. And also, but like I, I said, would, neither one, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would, you know, I would think what we're probably talking about from a criminal, if you're talking internationally, then you may be talking Interpol, but I don't know yeah. if 
if I'm a Honduran and I commit a theft in Honduras, does that automatically go into an international um, criminal database that would show up? Right. And I, I don't know. Um, well, it's, well, here's the thing, man. I mean, it's like, um, like we're an extraditing company. I mean, extraditing company. we're an extraditing com- country. So in right. other words, if we have somebody who's committed something and they come here to America, we can send them out. Right. Wouldn't that be part of, wouldn't that be, would you say that would be one area of the possible process if we're going to use Interpol or whatever you want to call it, but whatever the system might be? Well, at that point, they're in our system, right? Because we extradited them. If if they're if they Maybe. have assuming they're right, they haven't changed their identity in some capacity, and they've, and they've signed up for something, right? Or okay. they, okay, I got you. I got you. Or and we've processed them through our own criminal, uh, you know, devices or you know that we have mm-hmm. in place, right? They go into some database. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to think. Words, in other words, you think you know if they were criminal, they probably would be wanting to lay low. Well, that, but I mean, but you would hope that you know, in our country with our vast um, access to technology, um, you know, today that it, like I said, that they there would be some type of paperwork going with this person um, that's being extradited, right? Yes. So at least, so at least we have. An idea. What I'm saying is, I don't know what kind of visibility we have into other countries outside of petitioning, say, their local, um, uh, their local uh, immigration office, right, mm-hmm. um, or their uh, local, um, what is it, places where we have in other countries that are um, embassy. Petitioning the Honduran right. embassy on somebody saying, hey, we need inf- information on this person. Are they a criminal? Where are they coming from? Because I think a lot of these people that are showing up, I don't even know that they necessarily have identification. Yeah. And I and I I get that. It doesn't make it right. 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 And we shouldn't. Because what do we do with the people like the MS-15, the gangbangers and stuff like that? I mean, we captured a good portion of them. And outside of it being written on their body, I mean, there's got to be some way to go like, yeah, this guy. I would imagine they're going into a local law enforcement database that then gets updated to some national uh, database. And I would imagine if there's a gang database, if Mm -hmm. it gets run right, I mean, it runs through, you know, like I don't know what sort of resources law enforcement have, you know, if they got to petition the FBI and then if if the FBI petitions, Homeland Security, and then, you know, you can imagine all that red tape. The, yeah, the web of, of yeah. whatever uh, systems that need to be done or so. But and, but I guess that's kind of what makes me think about it. It's like, if we have a system like that, whether you said, like, you know, a gang manger or whatever criminal type of data you know, database or so, is there something, I mean, like, like I said, going back to the example with Mr. Robinson or who's from you know, Ecuador or something like that. It's like, I mean, we don't know if these con- if if each individual might have some type of social security number or we like I said we only go based on what we know here in America. We know everybody has social security number and stuff like that. Maybe in other countries or who uh, some of you listeners in other countries you might have some similar system or something like that. But it is kind of hard to tell. It's like you know, how do you do that? But there's got to be a way 
to make sure that when we have guys like the guy who killed the five, including a nine-year-old, outside of trying to deport him four or five times, I mean, it's like, there's, yeah, there's yeah, got to be something. There ha- I mean, are you saying that the wall that was built isn't working? I pretty much say it's, yeah, I'm going to go that it's probably not working. It's probably easier just to tunnel under. There's, yeah. There's an idea. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's... So, according to the Associated Press, um, you know, as we're talking about Title 42 here, uh, the U.S. has said it will accept up to 30,000 people per month from Venezuela, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Cuba as long as they come by air, have a sponsor, and apply online first. The government will also allow up to 100,000 people from Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras into the U.S. who have family here if they, too, apply online. Border officials will otherwise deport people, including turning 30,000 people per month from Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Cuba, um, essentially if they're crossing over illegally and they will be sent back over the border to Mexico. Um, other migrants also may be allowed uh, in if they apply through the CBP, so that's Charlie Beta Paul 1 app. And this is what I was referring to earlier um, because, you know, John Oliver covered this uh, very subject on last week tonight. Mm-hmm. And so it's this new app. And so what's happening is appointment times open up at nine on this app, assuming you, that these people have a phone and have internet access. And he's saying by nine Oh five, all appointments are gone. So you have all these people just Ooh. stuck sitting, waiting, wow. trying, you know, I mean, practically with their finger on the phone. Yeah. Because it, these, because of all the crime and the rape and everything that is taking place in a, these essentially border villages or yeah. border town, uh, border towns mm-hmm. waiting to get into our country. Yeah. I mean, and you, like say you find people who are desperate enough and they have say little children or something like that, or where you run into that, that bad guy was essentially like, Hey, you know what? You want to get across the border? We got a passage or to get you across the Rio Grande or whatever case may be. And also give us $2,000, put on your wrist, your, your wristband or, and here we go. You know, I mean, it's that's sad. Why I did? I mean, just the. I mean, so thousands of people trying to get into this app. Wow. So I mean, but think about families, right? The Associated Press goes on to say that families crossing the border illegally will be subject to curfews, and the head of household will have to wear an ankle monitoring bracelet. Immigration officials will try to determine within thirty days whether a family can stay in the U.S. or be deported. Usually, the process would take years. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, you know, I do think on a certain level there is a crisis. Well, I don't want to say. We have a situation at the border. We've got these border towns. We've got people wanting to get in our country because fear of persecution in their home countries. Right? Yeah. Um, the border and border police... Um, we even sent, I believe, reserves. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to understand? I, down, I, yeah, I think down it, to assist uh, border patrol. I mean, it, to say that border patrol and immigration is um, just overwhelmed, I 
is an understatement. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It sounds like an understatement. I think the last time that there was a bill proposal in Congress, they tried to propose where trying to send 300 people to help ICE down there on the border. And I think the people down there, they were like 300, 300 people is not going to help us with the thousands of people that are sitting under a bridge right now trying to figure out what they're going to do. And I guess that's where some people are kind of wondering. It's like, you know, are you guys really serious about this? We have people who are part of Iceland, like, you know, yeah, it, it seems like this is a very, very much like a crisis that needs to be taken care of. And who's taking this seriously? Well, and, and so we're talking about overcrowding, right? Yes. And so, you know, again, the Associated Press, the article that I'm referring to, uh, border patrol stations are meant to house migrants temporarily and don't have capacity to hold the volume of people coming, mm-hmm. right? So there's um, just the sheer volume, but, you know, they've got some stations that are already too crowded. You know, as a result, agents began releasing migrants into the U.S. with instructions to appear at an immigration office within 60 days or face deportation, right? So there's, oh, I'm being released. I'm taking my release and running and I'm not, you know, you released me in Texas, but I'm in Rhode Island. You know, if the governor of Florida flew me to Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, just kind of make, see, that's just kind of what I was bringing up before. It's kind of like, you know, sit there, you get your paperwork and everything. They let you cross the border and. Yeah. And then, you know, also agents were told to begin um, releases an area where in any area where holding facilities were at 125% capacity or the average time in custody exceeded 60 hours. Whoa. Um, I don't know how to respond to that one. <laughs> it's like, I mean... And they were also told to start releases if 7,000 migrants were taken into custody across the entire border in any one day. 7,000? Yep. And, this, and it goes on to say that that's already happened with some 10,000 people taken into custody on Tuesday. This is just last Tuesday or this? Yeah, on Tuesday. Just yesterday. Yeah. My. See, this is what what makes you wonder when it comes to a lot of the numbers where you and I have been hearing this for over a year now, where they're saying the estimation of amount of people who have come illegally across the border. They said it was something like one point five to two million. And actually, they admit they think they're off. Oh, I would. They are majorly off by how many people are truly in this country. They think it's more. Well, I, I don't disagree that, that that's probably more. Um, it just depends. You know, some would argue that are these really migrants or are these uh, migrants that are really criminals, dis- you know, disguising themselves as migrants trying to get into our country, See, right? And, 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 that go- and that's the point. It's like, but if we know, don't have a valid system to right. really to to check that, and if they've not been identified in our own right. Um, you know, federal database system. I mean, yeah, it it gets sensationalized a lot in the media, but it sounds like 
there's this plan by U.S. officials to open 100 regional migration hubs across the Western Hemisphere where people can seek placement in other countries, including Canada and Spain. There's, um, it also goes on to say that there will be hubs in Colombia and Guatemala, but it's not clear where others will be or when they will be up and running. See, and that's the thing, you know, you're right. I mean, we're start, we see a lot of these. We've all heard um, about these, you know, sanctuary cities and different things like that. You know, just recently on Sunday, you know, um, back where I'm from and everything. So uh, there's a town that's called South Shore, Illinois, and it actually made the news and all because I guess the local people had found out, I guess, from the local community. Uh, and they were I guess there must have been a local neighborhood board meeting or something like that. And I guess what they were saying was that, um I guess they had put together a phase that they're saying and they're proposing there's basically going to be a phase where they're going to be moving somewhere between 250 to 500 uh, immigrants from the border to an old high school that's there in South Shore, um, it's South Shore, Illinois. Your old high school? No, not my old high school. <laughs> this guy. Really? <laughs> Who invited this guy? self Sully? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... um. But it's like, yeah, and I guess the people were just, you know, they came to this meeting and they were upset. One lady stood up flat out and said, it's like, wait a minute, instead of us, you know, we're giving all this stuff for for this. Why aren't we helping, um, you know, the Americans and the poor who are in our area were because, you know, it's it, like I said, it's it's kind of, you know, it's on the south side of Chicago and like that. So, it's, you know, there's some hard times where on in certain areas of, of the south side, you know, but the lady stood up there to the board that was given the proposal what was going on. Saying like, why are we helping people here in the local neighborhood that are homeless and all these different things were so? And remind you, you know, the city of Chicago were considering themselves as one of the sanctuary cities. So, as much as you have where you want to help people out, and we do. This is what America's like. Yeah, we want to help, but when does it come to the point where you can't do that anymore? The state, you know, New York City, for the longest time said, "Oh, you know, we'll take in everybody like that." And then all of a sudden, you know, Mayor Mayor Adams sits there and says, "Like, hey." Yeah, start telling the government we can't take any more people in. So when when does this when does this get to the point where it seems like it's out of control? I mean, what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts? So uh, this whole notion of out of control, I think it gets to um, a topic that comes up probably every presidential election for the last would you say what twelve years has always been immigration reform and we need comprehensive immigration reform okay right it's a subject that come that always comes up as oh my you know what my plan is to call for comprehensive immigration reform okay so what does that really mean comp comprehensive right mm -hmm. the last president said oh we're gonna build what was it eight thousand miles of mm -hmm. new wall that's going to keep um, all these immigrants out, and we're going to get other countries to pay for it, which that was just a flat-out lie. Wall, oh, when he said something yeah. about, say, you know, we're going to make Mex Mexico pay for the yeah, wall. Yeah, and you know, 4,000 miles of that wall never got built, right? Or, or, or no, only 4,000 miles of it got built. Uh, you know, let me stand correct. And there. the Mexican president at that time was like, huh? Yeah, uh, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So... A, we do need to overhaul immigration. What that looks like, you know, I don't know that, you know, I, 
it's above my prey grade, right? <laughs> right, right. Both of us are. Huh? Yeah, but it'd be interesting <laughs> to watch this, you know, upcoming election, presidential election season to see if, again, we need comprehensive immigration reform. We need to get more resources to Border Patrol and really crack down on immigration. Or do you take a hard line and stand in the sand and say, borders are closed, folks. Yeah. We're closed for the time being. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, we put a sign out there. We'll open in 2026, 2028, mm-hmm. right? Or are we going to um, try to fix this plane that's already in flight that we just keep throwing Band-Aids on that it's not working? Um, in other words, it's kind of like, you know, you're saying it in, the, in a way like that we shut down everything to truly revamp how we do the system of allowing people to come into the country and and what you're saying in the meantime no we're not letting anybody in you know no matter where they come from or whatever the case may be yeah or it's that old adage that you look at a wall you see all these cracks in the wall there's a small leak yep you stick your finger in that leak for a brief second everything is good now you got a new leak that pops up so you stick a finger in that leak now you've got two leaks that you think you've sought. Oh, now there's a third, right? right you just right. It, you see this slow uh, domino um, of issues taking place. Or honestly, for me, uh, because all these illegals are such a drag on our economy. If you want to come to my country, just register. Yes. Pay taxes, I'll be fine. Right, right. But at some point, we have to say the free ride is over. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if you're here illegally, you've got one of two options: you either get deported, or you go through um, the process to become a U.S. citizen. And here's another thing, Tim, where that we have not brought up on the show. What about the people, and I don't know if you've ever heard some of these stories, I know I've heard a few, but what some of the people who actually have gone through the process that have come from, you know, Turkey or whatever case, you know, uh, you know, you and I, we have a friend that we know where so who came from Europe and, you know, they went through, you know, the processes of doing what they need to do and, and going from there where, so, I mean, what do we say to that person that says, Hey, you know, I paid whatever it is, thousand dollars. I went through the process. I learned, I did all the testing about the constitution and, you know, waved the flag and said the promise of my allegiance to the United States. And, you know, I mean, what do we say to those people? You know, so when they're looking at that, I mean, I would love to interview, interview. And in fact, guys, if you're a person who, who has actually done that process to get here to America from your home country. And also guys definitely re- reach out to us on feedback at unwoke the show.com again, feedback at unwoke the show.com. If you're somebody where, who was actually went through, the process to become a U.S. citizen. We would love to hear your thoughts uh, on this topic, or and, and basically, you know, explain to us how do you feel? How do you feel about this uh, going on? So, but but what do we say to those type of people? That uh, thank you. Yes. Right. I mean, that's uh, that's what I would say. Is I would say thank you for doing that. You're um, because imagine if you and I traveled to another country. Um, Let's just say we just illegally crossed the border into Mexico. Yes. What do you think is going to happen? Like in in that movie, what, 2020? Uh (laughs) 
What do you th- What do you think would happen to us? Oh, they send us, but they send our asses back. Well, first we're gonna sit in a Mexican prison. That does not sound appealing at all. No, it does not. Mm-mm. And then eventually, and I use that term eventually very loosely, mm-hmm. we get tossed back over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep, you gringos, you going back home. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, we say to we say in our immigration, give us your sick, give us your poor. Yes. Right. Come, we're the land of the free, uh, land of opportunity. Absolutely. Right. And I think on a certain level, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But is it maybe time to change that stance a little bit and say, you don't register, you're gone? I'm, you know, it goes back what I, how I started the show off. I mean, it's just, again, you know, you know, guys here on the old work show, we understand where that, you know, we have people who want to, you know, to embrace the opportunity where that America gives people. And we, like, I agree with, well, like what Tim said, you know, those people who have taken that time to go through the proper processes and, and, and to do that, where, yeah, again, you know, thank you. We appreciate that. And also, but I mean, you have to be able to follow those processes and make sure, you know, just to make sure that, you know, yeah, we know who the people are here and, you know, and, and where you're going and all those others. I mean, we, we just, just something we, we have to do where, so, you know, when you get stopped by a police officer, what's the first thing he asks? I want to see your identification. Exactly. When you, for most states, are going to vote, what's the first thing the guy sitting at the desk? You got to show your ID. Exactly. So how is that any different that if a actual citizen has to take the time to show their identification? And again, we were talking about before, it's like that we don't know really what's the true system or process of where the governments have that's interconnected or something like that. But we would have to believe there has to be that there's some type of system. But if there isn't, then figure out how it is. And then maybe we go by what you just got done saying, Tim. It's like, hey, you know what? We probably need to shut down the southern border for the meantime until we can actually get this revamped and all. So it's kind of like, you know, when everybody was doing the whole thing for uh for healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, healthcare started like that and they tried to rush it out really quickly. All of a sudden they found that it's got bugs. People are on, you know, are trying to get the, the government health care. And it was taking them hours on end. It's like, so, but then what did they do? They ended up shutting it down and eventually got it to work. Right. 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 Exactly. So if that's a national system for just for healthcare, there's gotta be a way that we can do this to make sure that when we have people coming over here that we know in some way, shape or form, however we get their information that we can figure out, figure out who they are, vet them properly. Oh, and that's another thing too. It's like even when we were going through, when a lot of this kind of started coming up, we started hearing about right. the initial caravans and all the other stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, so, and then we got into the pandemic in 2000, where what was the other big thing people were saying? We're letting people cross the border and we're not even giving them COVID tests. Yeah, that doesn't mean, in times of a global health crisis, yes. borders closed, you know, go home, we'll, we'll check back with this later, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it at this point, I would argue we have to get our own house in order first. Mm-hmm. Um, stop kicking immigration reform. Stop kicking that can down the road, mm-hmm. um, and actually start doing something um, 
about it. I, I do think Border Patrol, immigration, those all need additional resources to deal with the capacity um, uh, that immigration um, presents, mm-hmm. right? Those challenges that are associated with that. Um, and we have to be tough. Yes. So I, I, I think at least those three uh, items that I named off, I think that's a start. Is it a panacea? No. Is it the ultimate fix? Absolutely not. It's, you know, that's always an evolving process. Mm-hmm. Right. But we have to do something. But, you know, as I stated, the associate free in the that Associated Press article where they're just releasing people across and then check back with us. Um, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Right? That's that's not gonna work. Yeah. The it's, current the current process is obviously not working and it's like when you're having it where now with title 42 now done or where you know we could be having another because i guess lack of a better term we could be having another caravan you know coming through central america like that coming up right now and our process is still not being able to figure out everything so no i agree i mean it definitely needs to be fixed it's not going to be perfect right we need to figure out something so so that you know things are going to be you know run smoothly in the country and and like I said, I agree. Like I said, you brought up the father that was from Ecuador that wants to do something. That's the type of, you know, I mean, that's who we want. And that's all great. But there's still a way that we have to do this. Yeah, right. we've got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Unwoke Nation, we want to hear from you on, you know, Title 42, you know, the fact that it's expired. How do we address, um, you know, our border issues, um, the flood of people coming in? Uh, great topic as always, Rich. Uh, again, but uh, again, Unwoke Nation, we want to hear from you. You can reach us at feedback at unwokedtheshow.com. Again, that's feedback at unwokedtheshow.com. We are on Twitter at uh, Unwoke the Show. We, you know, don't hesitate to look out there for us, find us. Um, we're on all the major podcast platforms Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, Find us, like us, subscribe to us. We want to hear from you. Uh, Rich, thanks again. And we'll look forward to talking to the Unwoke Nation on the next show. All right, guys. Hope you have a great night. We'll see you on the next episode.